0: The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed tea for two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. now.
2: well hello power partners and welcome to radio's finest hour of power star style be the star you are a program of positive book talk with authors and experts that help you excel in life this is our tea for two a mother-daughter brew segment and i'm Cynthia Bryan and i'm Heather Brittany and we are always so happy to be here with you to be your personal growth success coaches here on the airwaves every single week so get ready to pump your energy Love, learn, laugh, and listen, and we're going to live our dreams by positive books and positive media because we want you to follow your heart. We are your cheerleaders to help you be the person you were meant to be. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. And for more info on getting your private consultation or session over the phone, call 925-377-7827 or visit Star. Dash this is from the book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a dis- Difference. Be your best self, your only self, your unique self. You are already a star. Well, in today's show, Heather and I are going to be giving you a look at the meanings behind Lady Gaga, her music and her philo- philosophy. We had so much fun at her concert, and we're going to talk to you about that. And then we're going to go literally to the stars with the book Dragons in the Sky by Ann Eller to talk about UFOs, aliens, and Planet X. And finally, in the coaching corner, I'm going to give you some happiness tips to help you overcome your roadblocks in life so that you can just be the person you were born to be. It's all here right now, right here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, Lady Gaga, where do we start, Heather? Oh my gosh, we, is is she so much fun and, and actually very, very inspiring. Heather and I went to the concert this week live. In San Jose at HP Pavilion and what do
3: you want to say about it, Heather? Was it just over the top phenomenal? I was, just, exactly. Now I'm always a big supporter of the arts and music and saying getting out and going and supporting these things. I had never really been to a concert like this. It was rather than just a concert, it was quite a performance piece. Um, I think for my generation and then getting to share it with you, I think it might be for a lot of people if they had ever gone to a Madonna concert, how there's very visually stimulating and uh so many and the costume changes and uh stage changes. Uh it was amazing. One I just have to say um, sound wise. She if if you haven't gone to um, a show of hers or ever seen her live, I definitely will put any naysayers um to think that she's you know just kind of a something a label has created i would uh I would definitely say she sounds even more amazing live uh than she does on her record. She did acoustic and and acapella uh singing that was just mind blowing just so incredible she and is not just al-
2: amazingly talented you know i mean I think that People see all her crazy videos, and and you know the words uh, the the words sound like they're just filled with a lot of violence and you know all of this. But there's a whole backstory to that, and I was incredibly impressed when she did this that inc- really wonderful piano solo that she dedicated to her dad, and um, and talked about how her dad was her very best friend. She, it, 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 that, that just made me feel how important relationships are to her. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. And, you know, and I think a lot of times people, um, you know, people know her as Lady Gaga. That's not her name. And actually she comes from an Italian family that her, her real name, I'm probably going to butcher this. It is very, very Italian. It's Stephanie, but it's spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Gormanatara. Gormanatara. <laughs> um Yeah, and she's only 24. She was born 1986 March 28. So it's such an amazing talent coming out of, and she's little too. I I would doubt if she's more than five two. Um, so already so influential. I mean, in this past year, um, she was in. <clears throat> excuse me. She made it into Forbes top one hundred um financially wise as well as most influential people. Um and as well as this past year, uh uh, uh Barbara, what what is her <laughs> interviewing everyone. Oh yeah, Barbara Walters. Uh, Barbara Walters um made her one of for two thousand ten, or if it was two thousand nine, um fascinating people of the year. And and those and she truly is, I think, because there is, you know, that sense of mystery up it. Um, But the thing that was most inspiring to me is her connection and unforgiving of just so, of course, you know, she's known before that um, within the gay community, they love her. They love her Um And with that, because she's always kind of felt like in her own as an outcast, as, you know, someone that has been impressed against. And that because in, in her line of work, all the hairdressers, all her dancers, she's such an advocate um, for the LGBT community, and actually um, Virgin Mobile or Virgin Atlantic, Virgin, just the company Virgin, um, who is supporting her tour that she's teamed up with them. That every night, um, you know, she announces to the crowd, you know, you text in a certain number, and for every dollar um, that the crowd texts in, a dollar, you know, donating a dollar towards um, this organization, uh, Atlantic will, excuse me, Atlantic Virgin. Will match that um, up to twenty five thousand dollars per concert night well, and this is mm-hmm. no 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 go ahead no i i what I really
2: liked is her fact that she wants to um, give back and and when she was talking about this virgin giving back and that she was going to match the dollars, what the cause was really for was for uh, gays, lesbians, transgenders, and young teens who are kicked out of their houses because they're not understood
3: so that they were it's for an lgbt um homeless community it's for getting housing for these kids that exactly that um her big message i think why you know she's so different and so but her message is acceptance is that she's saying to everyone i'm different i'm this but i love who i am and i feel comfortable and it's That whole thing, I think, a lot of LGBT teens um, struggle with. Of that, they're you know, this is you're born of who you were born, and um, so many things in the media. You know, here in California, we're having all these issues again regarding Prop 8 and marriage, and I I, such a, a crazy thing of people being so against gay marriage because, you know, they feel that what will children think? Well, what it's actually teaching children when you're telling people to oppress against this is that, you know, don't beat yourself, hide who you are, you know, the don't ask, don't tell, um, which is terrible for kids. And so for a lot of teens, um, you know, we, for anyone, that's an awkward stage of your life when you're just kind of discovering yourself. And for many teens that have come out, um they may be put into then abusive household. Or or a lot of times parents will kick them out because they feel, you know, they don't understand their team. They don't know really what they need it. That to the, um, the gay community
2: really embraces her. And, again, what you just said about her message is acceptance. That was what mm. I took away from it more than anything was that she uses her music and she uses her celebrity to hopefully – create uh, amongst her fans and other people this idea that we're all unique and we're all one. In fact, you and I looked at each other. We were like, oh, my God, has she read the book, Be the Star You Are? I I I was blown (laughs) away when she started talking about, you know, that everybody said that she was too ugly or she wasn't talented enough or she wasn't... Tall enough or short enough. And it just reminded me of our chapter, The Gift of Rejection, where we say, you're, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too pretty, I'm too ugly, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, you know, I'm too brown-eyed, I'm too blue-eyed. And the bottom line is, is that we're never right for everything, and that we have to just learn that we're enough. And she, this is what she actually said, is that we are all just enough. And to me, that was the most important message that she could get out to the community, is, That we're all celebrities, that we're all stars, that we all have something unique. I mean, I, I I definitely Heather want to send her a couple copies of "Be the Star You Are" and "Be the Star You Are for Teens." So we got to find, we got to find out how to do that. Yeah, find out how to get in touch with the (laughs) the Gog. But the, the reality was is that she already. This is what her message is to the community, and just watching the people. The thousands of people that were there, it was very obvious that they were, they're listening because people showed up in every kind of costume and uh, non-costume. Including,
3: including us.
2: (laughs) Including us, yes. For all of you who want to see how Heather and I went to Lady Gaga and how we dressed up in our GOG clothes, you can go to starstyleradio.com and go to today 's show, and um, you will see we 've got pictures posted, and of course i 've already posted it on Facebook, but we had a lot of fun just dressing up and wearing wigs and just you know being our fun, wild selves and being our best selves and just communing with the community. It really was a great time, but back to her music and her talent, uh, I really feel that. You had said something about the way she writes, or maybe that's the way that all musicians write. It's really the way that we interpret the music as opposed to what we think they want us to understand. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Well, I think, you know, in everything, you know, whenever you listen to a song and you feel like, this is my song, or all oh, it, it's like she was reading my diary, you know, I could have if you've ever, you know, just as you were saying, it sounds like she's read my book about how people share similar messages. Or, you know, the thing with music, why music is so personal, because when people sing, it's one person creating something. And for the most part of what I've read um, regarding Lady Gaga is that, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice today, um, she writes all of her own song. And actually, when she first got on Interscope Records, she was a song, she was hired with them as a songwriter. So, hi, and then people kind of got word of her various talents. But singing from her own experiences and just how you know, many poems if you read things how you know, people write in um metaphors and how they're not saying things very directly. So if you might read something and if you're reading it for face value, it will sound like complete nonsense. Uh but then when you dissect it or you find the story behind it, then you you see how so and so if someone's saying, you know, the the skies have turned dark, maybe that's saying you know that because they're Boyfriend's gone. You know now that they feel no sunshine. They feel we have to everything is all sides. No, how you? Point. Well, that, we're already out of time. So, oh can my go goodness! To go to website, we could just
2: check out, out information.
3: Give out the websites. Yeah, most definitely. If you want to check out those great photos of us, go to beastaryour dot org, forward slash carmonyclutches, both with a K, and carmonyclutches well, get ready to be shocked when we return as author
2: Anne Eller explains the coming of the end of the Earth as we know it today and how we're going to be prepared for that inevitable impact that's going to have on our lives. It's her book, Dragons in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. When we come back to you, we truly are shooting for the stars. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Mitney. Stay with us. We've got a great segment.
4: Listen.
1: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
0: Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827.
4: Be the star you are
3: Light up the flames
1: yeah. Be the the you are.org You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life changing talk radio. It's the power hour on Star Style Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
2: Well, former nurse, school teacher, and personal assistant to renowned astrophysicist and father of UFO research, Dr. Alan Hynek, Ann Eller has been having dreams and connecting with other beings since childhood. She examines UFO activities, the government's role in covering it up, and the end of the earth as we know it in her amazing book, Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. Welcome, Anne, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, thank you, Cynthia. It's nice to be here. Well, Anne, it's really appropriate that you're on a a show called Be the Star star You Are with your background (laughs) in all things that are star-driven. I am absolutely fascinated with your findings, with your research, with the synchronicities that have happened in your life, and what you have documented in Dragons in the Sky. I want you to give us a a bit of background about yourself first, because you are, you know, besides uh, besides having all of this star activity in your life, you're really a very grounded, normal person, and I want to establish that before we talk about all the prophecies that are coming from the stars.
4: Well, thank you. I think that's very important. Uh, in this uh, work, there is a lunatic fringe, and uh, but there are many people who are truly dedicated and who have very solid backgrounds. I started in 1960 when I read the article about Betty and Barney Hill and their alien abduction experience uh, in New Hampshire. And at the end of that article... The author said, well, fact or fiction, we'll leave it up to the reader to decide. And my reaction was one of being incensed, because I just knew it was true. How I knew it was true, I didn't know. But that was in 1960. And then in 1976, I started having UFO alien dreams on a nightly basis. And that lasted for about four years until 1980, And all kinds of dreams of all kinds of craft, all kinds of aliens, all kinds of alternate realities. Um, I viewed the Earth from being on a spaceship. I actually was able to pilot uh, a couple of the spacecraft. These were the dreams, and they made me crazy. And I finally... um... They
2: didn't frighten you, right? They didn't frighten (laughs) you. No, not at all. You just didn't understand them.
4: I I I loved them actually. I looked forward to them. Uh then I contacted Doctor Heinek and uh eventually from to uh that was nineteen eighty, eventually in nineteen eighty five, uh I met him, he moved to Arizona and I went to work for him as his assistant. So uh, a part of the book is all about my experience with Dr. the and the research that we did on UFOs.
2: Because give a little background on him. I mean, he was a very established, renowned scientist, astrophysicist, and he was employed by the government to investigate UFOs. So yes, actually, was actually a- he
4: was hired to debunk UFO sightings right. because the government didn't want people to think that they were seeing um, uh, uh, outer beings, outer space beings at all. In
2: fact, they were saying it was all swamp gas, right? <laughs> yes, but he
4: was the father of UFO research, uh, and he was the scientific advisor to Project Blue Book and Project Sign and Project Grudge. And then he developed, when he left Blue Book, he was the founder of CUFOS in Chicago. That's the Center for UFO Studies. And then he moved out to Arizona and set up uh, the International Center for UFO Research. Um, He was also the scientific advisor to the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was. That
2: was fascinating when I read that because actually he was the one that gave the title to the movie because there are different encounters.
4: Yes, and he sold that to Spielberg for a thousand dollars,
2: and I saw
4: the contract and it said that Spielberg could use that title anywhere in the universe. I thought oh, that was interesting, goodness. yeah.
2: So he never got residuals or royalties? No, um, he didn't. He
4: had a cameo appearance. He was in the movie, just that one scene. Uh, but he just loved every bit of that. He just thought that was uh, wonderful. Then in 1989, I was led to read the um, book, the, the Twelfth Planet by Zachariah Sitchin. And this was a book about the Sumerians and about the... Planet X, it was actually called Nibiru, and on Nibiru, there, there are beings that live there. They're called the Anunnaki, and they came to Earth about 300,000 years ago looking for gold. While they did that, they thought the work was too difficult, so they decided that they would um, develop um, a species that could do the work, a slave species, and they named the species Homo sapiens. So that's our beginning. And the Anunnaki were our, quote, gods. These were the little gods. These were the gods that made us in their own image. Now, from there I went to 2003 I was led to zetatalk.com
2: Right I was just going to bring that up because yeah. that
4: it, that had just tons of information it's wonderful information too it's extremely accurate and everybody should get on that website and just start reading there's so much information there um, and it's all about planet X and this is Nibiru and it comes around every 300,000 years and we happen to be living in the time when it's coming back. It's actually here. It's between us and the sun right now. Um, and when it passes us, it's going to be about 14 million miles uh, from the earth. Now, that isn't very far when we're talking about huge celestial bodies.
2: And uh, it sounded so frightening what the repercussions are going to be. In fact... You know, uh, there's so much hoopla now about the year 2012, and although in your book uh, we're talking to Anne Eller, author of Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars, you talk about that uh, Nibiru might be here around 2060, but also be, some people think it's 2012. I couldn't help but thinking after watching that movie, uh, that sure seemed like uh, some other earthly, otherworldly Uh, planet that was causing all
4: that problem. It was. In the movie, they tried to make you believe it was sun activity. And there are people right now who are trying to make us believe that it's the sun that's causing all of this. It is not. It is planet X. And the closer it gets, the more it reacts with our electromagnetics and is going to be causing extreme weather and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions, the huge tectonic plates are going to shift. And the planet is actually going to lay over on its side. And when that happens, the oceans are just going to be all over the place.
2: Well, and already we're seeing this, although one of the things that you uh, refer to in your book, Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars, and by the way, this planet, it was called Dragon in the Sky because it looks like a dragon with all its... Tails and everything, right? That's exactly
4: right, and they showed that to me. That was a vision that I had. It's also called the destroyer, the red star, the wormwood in the Bible, um, and it's four times the diameter of the earth, and it's 23 times the mass.
2: So, so why, do you, why is the government covering this up? I mean, while I was reading this again, I couldn't help but Think about Noah and his ark, which, again, you refer to saying that somebody tipped Noah off, that he should build an ark. Exactly. We're already seeing all kinds of amazing global volcanoes, tidal waves, tsunamis, uh, fires, and we're, we're saying it's global warming, but... This is not what's happening. It's
4: not what's happening. It's Planet X. People need to know about this because they're either going to, a lot of people are going to drop their physical bodies and go into spirit. Uh, But there are some people that are going to survive. If you choose to survive, you need to start now. There is not that much time left Um, nobody knows exactly when it's going to happen but the way things have been ratcheted up recently we think it's going to be sooner rather than later and so there are certain things that people need to do we talk about that in the Bible we talk about the basic survival things like stocking up on food water and medical supplies and moving out of the cities um, people should be moving at least a hundred miles from any large body of water and go to higher elevations. Are
2: lakes, you know, are lakes tipping over too or is it the ocean?
4: I mean it's it's, everything, everything, because you know the United States is going to split in half at that new Madrid fault line up the Mississippi River and the Great Lakes are going to drain down the Mississippi so it's going to be flooded all the way down there. Large bodies of water like the Great Lakes If it's a smaller lake, uh, I just wouldn't be right on the banks of it. But um, people need to plan for many years of having a camper's lifestyle.
2: But why is the government uh, completely covering this up? Is it they don't want panic, they don't want, or or there's really nothing they can do?
4: Well, that's it. They think there's nothing that they can do to save the whole population. And But they have been very busy since 1983 uh, creating their underground bunkers and stocking them very well and securing them with all kinds of ammunition. They also have the capability of the elite leaving the planet and going into outer space and going to Mars or going to the moon.
2: So it's, in a way, it's sort of like that scene, again, I hate to refer to the movie, but this reminds me so much of it, where people were paying, the wealthy were paying billions of dollars to get on this arc, basically, that would
4: take them somewhere else. Exactly. The movie was very accurate in that regard.
2: Was it? And what?
4: there is a man that has developed this underground place over in the Mojave Desert that you would never know existed. But underground, he has a hospital, he has a dental clinic, he has a jail, he has all of these apartments, everything you can imagine, and he's selling these to $50,000 per adult and $25,000 per child. So if you have the money, uh, you can either have a bunker built in your own backyard or you can go to someplace like that. But that's not necessary. Now you you
2: reside in Sedona, which uh, Arizona, which is considered a a holy place. You know it is it is a place that has incredible energy. And one of your philosophy is that we really have to start treating each other more with kindness and love each other and forgive and get everything out right now. How is your family looking at this? What are you personally doing?
4: Well, I've decided that I'm not going to survive. I don't want to survive. I'm fairly well up there in age, and I'm ready to go to the fourth and the fifth dimension. And that's the other thing that's happening right now that's very exciting. We are, we are becoming elevated spiritually, which is wonderful. And it's a transformation of man that we've been going through for, oh, about three decades now, but we're becoming expanded spiritual beings, and as the solar system moves through the galaxy, which it's doing now, we're getting closer to galaxy center, galactic center, and when we get there, we're going to be fully conscious. We're going to have Christ consciousness. And that's something very exciting to be preparing for, too.
2: Well, now you're talking about Christ consciousness, which gets me to something else, because there's going to be a lot of naysayers out there, especially when when in your book you refer to this other planet and the other species that actually were the, the god that created Homo sapiens. You really are a spiritual person, and and you do believe in uh, spirituality. So the two are not contradictory, are they?
4: Absolutely not, no. They go hand in hand. Um, What's important for us right now is that we need to get still. We need to become centered, and we need to listen to all of those guides that, that we do have around us that are going to be telling us where to go and what to do. They're pledged. To help us through this.
2: Now the guides, those can, are, can be angels? Yes. Those are, uh, again, in your book, we're talking to Ann Eller, who has written Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. You talk about that there are actually aliens living amongst us. Yes. There are, are they our guides as well? Yes, they are. I have a
4: wonderful praying mantis guide. He's just wonderful. Oh,
2: and that's the picture that you have. You have pictures, by the way, in, in the, the
4: book. Uh huh.
2: And you talk about the, the sisters.
4: Yes, the sisterhood of light. Right. Uh, wonderful, wonderful beings from a much higher dimension. They were all female, and the love that they exuded was absolutely unbelievable. I didn't want them to leave. And um, it was so wonderful that they came and they showed themselves physically to me i had been asking for a long time for that, and they did it. And I'm hoping for another visitation.
2: I have a question, because you talked about Eisenhower and this contract that he made with um, the Greys. I wasn't clear who are the Greys and why he chose to make this contract with them as opposed to the first contract that felt so much more enlightened and Happy and better for humanity.
4: Well, you have to remember that Eisenhower was a military strategist, and he wanted the technology. And the first group of of aliens, the Nordic human-looking ones, uh, said no, they would not share the technology because we weren't mature enough, and that we'd blow ourselves up.
2: Oh, and they they wanted disarmament as well, right? Yes. No and, nuclear and they, power.
4: They offered to help us with our spiritual development. Well, he didn't think that was much of a bargain. So when the, Zetas, the Zeta Reticuli came along, and this was at Holloman Air Force Base in 1954, um, he agreed and he assigned, uh, signed the contract, and they agreed to share some technology with him. But he had to agree to let them abduct humans, take them on board ship, and use them as part of this uh, hybrid breeding Program that was going on the Zetas. It was half Zeta, half human, creating this new um, this new hybrid. So he agreed to that, and he told them that they would have to return the people to where they picked them up, and that they would have to er erase their memory so they couldn't recall.
2: But this all didn't happen exactly like the contract, right? No,
4: it didn't. There was a lot of reneging uh on the sides uh, both sides actually but they eventually did have mutual programs together and that gave us 60 years of alien US military cooperation at places like area 51 in Nevada and Dulce New Mexico um Pine Gap in Australia they, they've been in cahoots with the aliens since the beginning, since so 1954.
2: So how, how many government officials are involved in this? And is it... Normal human beings like you and I that are working on these projects and they're sworn to secrecy.
4: Yes, a lot of them. How is it
2: them, that it's not leaked out?
4: A lot of them are just normal people working for the government uh, or working for the military, and they are sworn to secrecy and they are threatened. And if that isn't enough, then they threaten to do harm to their families. So you know, it's one thing if you're threatened, but if your loved ones are threatened, it's a whole different ball game.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, it, so
2: all the presidents since Eisenhower have been involved in this as well.
4: Yes, we have to think that they were. Now, Reagan, I know
2: you met you worked with uh, President Clinton, you worked in the White House.
4: Yes, uh-huh. And I'm sure that the Clintons have been involved with it and that the Clintons know all about the aliens. Um, Jimmy Carter saw a UFO, Reagan saw a UFO, but you have to remember that there, there are 27 top-secret levels above top-secret, 27 more levels above the President of the United States. Whoa. So our government, they're just puppets. They're just puppets, and they're doing what they're being told to do by the shadow government.
2: And the shadow government are, is part alien and part, part our government? Are other world leaders involved? Good for you, Cynthia. You've done your homework. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, I read every single word, and I've, I've been to the Zeta Talk, and I'm fascinated by your book because w- what uh, I would just want our listeners to know is that it's just very practical information. It's and something that
4: we all need to know. I mean, if there's anybody out there that feels
2: uh, that the government
4: is telling the truth about anything, they're in for a very rude awakening. Things are not the way, way we they feel. appear. They appear, they so, absolutely are. The
2: bottom line, and to help people, I mean, this planet is coming. Planet X, this dragon in the sky is and, and let me tell
4: you that you can see it now. You can see it at sunrise and sunset in the lower right-hand corner from the sun. So if the clouds are, are right, you'll be able to see it. So people should start looking for it. And
2: what are we looking for? Tell
4: you, us what it is. You're looking we're... for an actual orb, a round ball, down at the 4 to 5 o'clock position of the sun, just away from the sun down in the lower right-hand corner.
2: And can you see its tail now as well
4: um, sometimes sometimes you can see some of the moon swirls that are coming in the tail, uh, but as it gets closer, the tail will be very visible, and there are moons and gravel and boulders and asteroids and all kind of stuff in this tail and it, and,
2: yeah. and I know nobody can really predict because as you say, so many of us are just going to ascend and go to a different uh, a different level. But is there any speculation in the community in which you're involved that has uh, an amount of the Earth's population that will survive this? Actually, like you, reading what we're going to have to survive, it sounds like Mad Max, actually. (laughs) It sounds like I don't know if anybody wants to survive it.
4: Well, if you want to start at ground zero with nothing, that's what it's going to be like. It'll be like dwelling in the caves.
2: Yeah, because there's not going to be any electricity and no running water. and And it'll be very polluted very polluted. But
4: I will say that the aliens are going to be here then, and they will be helping with cleaning up the planet, but it's still going to take many years.
2: And will it be, the aliens will be friendly?
4: Yes, very friendly. There is no reason at all to be afraid of the aliens. They are surrounding the planet now. There are millions of them here, and they love us, and they're here to help us.
2: And I bet you we can see this in the night sky if we just... Absolutely. We see him here in Sedona all the time. It's amazing. Well, let's give out your website. The name of the book, Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. As you can tell, Ann Eller knows her stuff. She's worked with the top astrophysicists. She's had this incredible life. And, you know, on top of that, she's lived a regular life of being a nurse and a mother and a grandmother. But... She knows what she's talking about, and we better be prepared to uh, go to the stars. And as you say, wake up, and we need to love each other more and be the stars we already are in this body in this time, and then let everything else take care of itself. But. Let's give out your website, and I know you want zetatalk dot com for people to go to. But uh, what, which website do you want people to go to for you? Well, they can either
4: go to anneeller a n n e l l e r dot com or they can go to DragonInTheSky.com.
2: dot com. dot com, dot Take a peek, you won't be disappointed, and you better clean up your life now and live fully. And you are fascinating. This was just a fascinating and very enlightening book, and I'm really glad that you had the courage to write it down because I think that with all the government conspiracies, it must be a little frightening even for you to put this on paper and to disclose what you know.
4: Well, you know, actually I feel very protected i uh I've got the protection of the aliens, and I've got spiritual protection, so and we all do we all do, and there's no need to ever be afraid
2: Oh, I like that message
4: yeah, I, never I like be that. afraid you gotta live your life fully
2: live fully and know that we are surrounded by others who love us, yes, whether they be the in spirit or alien beings, but there is something beyond what we know as the human form absolutely. And it's been a pleasure. dot com. again, the book, Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. And thank you so much for being a guest on Be the Star You Are. I really hope that you'll come back and share more with us. Thank you, Cynthia. I'd love to. It's been just great fun. Well, we will return from break. We are going to get rid of your roadblocks to happiness and your resistance to change. I think this segment has helped you see that already. I am Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back with The Coaching Corner.
4: Listen. Listen. Listen.
1: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
2: Do you have a vision? If not, find one quickly. A vision is your roadmap to achieving your goals. In order to be effective, a vision must be clear, concise, and big. Some people find it difficult to formulate a written vision. I have found that sometimes visions come to us in pictures first. After we see what it is we want, we can then write it cohesively. Get a binder and create your own vision journal. Whenever you see something in a magazine or a newspaper that intrigues you, cut it out. Paste it into your journal. Only use the part of the picture that really speaks to you, and try to come up with some words that follow your idea of what's in the photo. As your journal grows, you will see a developing pattern of ideas. You're now ready to create your own personal vision for your future, for your company, and for your life. In life, as on the freeway, if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business bite from Star Style. For coaching, consultations, or books, call 925 377 S-T-A-R Or visit Star-Style.com
4: Be the star You are Light up the flame That burn.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany.
2: Well, thank you for staying with us. Everyone says that they want to be happy, but most of us find excuses not to be. We have roadblocks and we have resistance to anything new and or different, and in today's Coaching Corner, although it's going to be a bit short because we spent quite a bit of time talking about dragons in the sky, I want to help you overcome perfectionism, uh, catastrophizing, and I want you to move forward in a positive manner today, tomorrow, and beyond. If your roadblock is resistance to change, we know, I mean, it's terrifying, you know, to think that what we're doing may not be the exact right thing, but we have to learn to make a first move towards a long-held goal. Most of us experience discomfort when we break from our routine, but the trick is to give yourself enough incentive to make tolerating that discomfort worthwhile. So to embrace the new, let's put you through a few paces. First of all, Fantasize about your future and how you'll be future, in the future you'll be happy and blissful. Imagine how satisfied you'll feel when you reach your objective. So if you want a more fulfilling job, visualize doing work that you're passionate about. We just did a business bite about visioning and the only way to create the future and to predict it is to make it happen yourself. So jot down the specific emotions that this achievement would uh, evoke. For example, I'd feel inspired, not bored at the office. That way you're giving yourself some compelling reasons to move forward. A lot of people want to lose weight. So let's say that you'll say to yourself, imagine how I'll look in this dress or these pants when I lose 15 pounds. So see yourself like that. Escape the same old, same old. I'd identify a few novel habits that could help you reach your goal and start integrating them into your schedule. If you want to find a new gig, you could revamp your resume and resolve to send it out to at least one potential employer a week. I know that when we were working on the Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul book, as an author, it was my job to make contact with five media uh areas every single week now that's just one a day but you know it puts you on edge but if you just do that little bit you're going to be 50 times further than you were by the end of the year then make a, a shift a uh, stick every morning read aloud how you'd feel if you realized your fantasy every evening write down how well you fared with your new habits and record your practice and your progress it's so important to write down what we think because what happens if we go to sleep, we'll lose the ideas. So make sure you write it down. And this method is going to help you tie your actions to your goal, which will make your effort seem more productive. And then that productivity propels you even further. Now, what if you are a perfectionist? I know many people who are perfectionists and You know, unfortunately, I think you're doomed to unhappiness if you believe that everything is perfect. My motto is always to strive for excellence and believe that only God is perfect. It's awfully tempting to put off pursuing your goal until you're better prepared or totally sure you can hit the mark. But unfortunately, that ideal moment never comes. So perfectionism is paralyzing. Heather and I were talking about Lady Gaga earlier And she, during her concert, stopped to talk to the audience and said how people all around her had been so negative and said that she wasn't talented enough, she wasn't pretty enough, she couldn't sing well enough, and she decided she wasn't going for perfection. She could only be the best performer she could be. She worked hard, she didn't listen to the naysayers, and she moved forward and look at her following today. In just a couple short years, she has become so successful. In fact, her opening act was a band that she uh, first played with in 2006, and they had 12 people at their performance, and now she has thousands following her. So the key is perfectionists tend to have an all-or-nothing view of the world, and it's important to identify the rewards that come with making even a little bit of progress towards your dream. Heck, if you started with 12 people at your book signing or at your concert and you get to 20, that's a big deal. You can still frolic in a two-piece bathing suit and feel good about your body without dropping two dress sizes. You just have to believe in yourself. So if you want to do this, write down your aim. For example, I want to lose 10 pounds. Then detail how you're going to benefit from getting 25%, 50%, or 75% of the way there. And then fill in the blanks using examples. For example, If I achieve 25% of my goal, I'd feel great because. If I achieve 50% of my goal, I'd be happy because. If I achieve 75% of my goal, I'd celebrate because. And when you do this exercise, you're going to find that happiness doesn't elude you and that you will find value in incremental change. It's really important to pat yourself on the back sometimes. And I'm always here to be your cheerleader and to help you get to your goals. So if you have a problem with it, send me an email and I'll cheer you on. If you don't reach your initial benchmark, you'll be able to relish in the progress that you have been making, even small steps. Remember every step. You know, what does it say? A journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. Now, there's people who catastrophize. That means they play out every possible what-if scenario, and they think it's a smart way to be absolutely certain that everything's going to go right. Well, it's a sure way to be absolutely, absolutely certain that a pursuing your goal isn't going to happen because disasters happen all the time. You inevitably are going to psych yourself out, and we can't do that. Instead, get out of your head, get into the moment, live for now, wake up, and with these little tips they will help you stop overanalyzing and just start adding up and being, again, start acting. You want to dream it, you want to write it down, you want to get the skills you need, you want to find a support person, and you want to believe in yourself and all the possibilities. So, for example, a doomsday dilemma, I'm freaked out about what could go wrong. Well, what would be a, a soothing solution? Prove to yourself that the earth isn't going to shatter if you move forward That one tiny step toward what you're striving for is a good step. Do something that is unintimidating, such as exploring an aspect of your goal online. So if you want to start a blog, maybe craft a few lines and then start one. You'll get closer to your dream without stressing out. Another doomsday dilemma, oh, I second-guess myself so much, and then it stalls you. Well, anchor yourself in the present by focusing on the physical sensations you experience when you do something related to reaching your dream. If you go surfing on sites, draw your attention to your breath as you look at a particularly cool web page and then immerse yourself in the sensory side of the process. That will help you get into the flow and focus on what you can do in the moment. All of these things are positive. They create momentum and they are going to give you uh, in root, they will put you in root to the happiness factor. So I hope that today has been inspiring again for you. I want to thank you all for being great listeners and letting Heather and I into your life each week to share our key for two, a mother-daughter brew, where we usually talk about the generation gap and things that are going to make a difference, and where we bring you best authors and new ideas and hopefully stimulate your imagination, and help you to lead a better life. We want you to check out our books. I have six books, and you can get all of the books at bethestarur.com. The money will benefit the charity, Be The Star You Are, which uh, supports this program. For information about the charity, how you can get involved, how to volunteer, or just information on literacy, Visit be the starur.org. If you're looking for coaching and our consultations or anything to achieve your goals, give me a call, 925-377-7827, or you can go to the webpage star style.com. So again, thank you for coming and listening to our show every week. We love being your personal growth coaches. And we really do hope that you will get involved in making a difference in the world. As Ann said, you know, it's time to love each other and to be good to one another and to live the lives that we were meant to live. So may there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you are exactly where you're meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. And may you use the gifts you have received and pass on the love that's been given to you. May you be content knowing that you are a child of God and let this presence settle into your bones and allow you the freedom to sing, to dance, and to bask in the sun because it is there for each and every one of you. And as you go out into the day-to-day, remember that no one's walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strength. You're one of a kind and you have the power to love yourself. You already are a star. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate Please read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. And until I celebrate with you next week, I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and this is Star Style. We thank you and we encourage you. Be the star you are. Thank you for joining me, and we'll talk next week.